You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. thing that you see going on in life and in the world, there's a spiritual warfare behind it. Usually we don't see that. We just see what we can see and we don't see that invisible war that's taking place. So I really encourage you to be here on Sunday as we preach on the war is raging. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight and we conclude this series of messages, I pray that, uh, Father, you'd help me to deliver it in the way that you would have it to be delivered. That this would have an effectual working in every one of our lives here this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, the book of Titus. Eight disciplines we've been looking at over the past several weeks. We got kind of stuck on a couple of them, especially the one about forgiveness. We spent three weeks on that discipline, learning how to forgive as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. And now we're going to move to the very last discipline of the eight that will, I guarantee, I promise you on the authority of God's word, that if you'll develop these disciplines in your life, you will live a godly Christian life. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, there's enough of that in the world, isn't there? Denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that spiritual warfare that I was just mentioning, that we should live soberly, righteously, godly, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. On the way to church, uh, Alyssa and I were talking about some of the events that are going on in our world and how Jesus said, uh, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. Know that it is near, it is even at the door. And Alyssa said, it's so good of the Lord to give us that promise. Isn't it? looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, developing godliness and purify unto himself a peculiar, a very special, special people who would be zealous of good works. All right. What are we going to do right now? Well, I've trained you well. But review. All right. So here we go. We're going to look at seven disciplines that hopefully you are developing in your spiritual life that will produce godliness. Living godly in an ungodly world was our text. We need to have the pursuit of what? The pursuit of holiness. We talk a lot about holiness around here and what it is. We also need to pursue what? Sanctification, setting ourselves apart from the world and the sinfulness and the wickedness and the unrighteousness that is in the world and setting ourselves apart as unto the Lord. Even coming to church on Wednesday night is an act of sanctification. You're setting yourself apart from the world and you're coming into Christ's church to learn more about him. It's also about living a life that's yielded, a life that is surrendered to the Lord in every single aspect. Is it possible 
to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? Well, yes, obviously it is, or the Lord would not have told us to do so. But in order to, we have to develop these disciplines. So let's go through them. Number one was what? A life lived in prayer. We have to become men and women of prayer. Perhaps the most difficult discipline right there to establish. Number two, we're to live a life of faith. Without it, we can't even please the Lord, much less develop godliness. We're to live a life of meditation. We're to meditate upon the word of God. How often? Day and night. So that means throughout the day, right into the evening, we are meditating upon the truth of scripture. We're to live a life of obedience. obedience. Obey God and just leave the consequences to him. Isn't that a wonderful way to live your life? Then we live a life of what? The filling or the control of the Holy Spirit. Very important lesson. I think we spent two nights on that. Then we're to live a life of giving to God and others. That's a discipline that we just need to develop, that habitual habit of just giving to the Lord. Give and it shall be what? Given. Given you. That's a promise that God has left for us. Then we looked at living a life of forgiveness. Be kind one to another, tended harder, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath what? forgiven us okay so forgive as we aren't you thankful we've been forgiven unconditionally and just think of how many times we sin against the lord and in his mercy and grace he continues to forgive now tonight that was a pretty quick review wasn't it i want to say something this is probably going to be a very short lesson tonight now you know i've said that before and we've got a little hung up but there's two reasons number one I've had a massive headache all day, and I still have it. Ask the Lord to take it away, and he has not done that. So that's going to lend to this, because as soon as we say amen, I'm going home and getting to bed. But it is short. But I believe it's one of the most important disciplines that we can develop in our Christian life, and that is living a life in church. Living a life in church. I'm here to tell you, Satan will do everything he can do to get you out of church. We're going to look at some of the reasons that people... Actually, I came across this. It was, it was 102 reasons on why to come to church. The first one was there's free donuts. The, the second one was there's free coffee. It was kind of funny. That's not the reason we come to church is for free donuts. But listen to what David said. I was glad. I was what? Glad. glad. You see, he's, this is what he's saying. I was so happy when it was time to go to church. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you get happy when it's time to go to church? Or do you say, oh, not church again? It's not always easy to be happy about going to church, especially on a Wednesday night. Would you not agree that Wednesday night is one of the most difficult times to get to church, especially when you're rushing home from work and you're trying to get a bite to eat and get cleaned up and get everyone together and get that. It's very, very difficult on a Wednesday night. Now, I'll tell you this. We have been blessed here at Fellowship, you know. I mean, we probably have half as many again over there, you know, in the gymnasium area as we have right here. So we really have good attendance in our Wednesday night services. 
That's not true for the typical independent fundamental Baptist church. Many of them have just closed their doors on Wednesday night because people don't come. They don't show up. Or they have just a small, small handful of people that gather together and pray and they're all discouraged because <laughs> no one's coming. And so they, they leave. Hi, Gary. It's about time you show up in church. This is, this is a perfect lesson for you tonight. Uh, a life lived in church. I've been hounding you, man, to show up. I've missed you. It's good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. He doesn't come to our church, so I can, uh, I, I can give him a hard time about that. But he said, I was glad. What, what's that? I am using that King James Version. You are, you are going to get saved one of these days. And get rid of that NIV or NESV or all the other Vs that you use. I don't know. I was what? Glad. I was glad. Listen, I want you to be happy about going to church. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why do you think David was so glad to go to church? You say, I have no idea. I've never been glad to go to church, so I don't know what he's so happy about. Yeah, fellowship with God, worship of God, learning about God, right? Fellowship with his brothers and sisters. All right. Yeah, he has some good reasons. Now, you knew I was going to throw this verse up there, okay? I'm going to throw it up more than once. Let's read it together. Not forsaking the assembling yourselves together as the manner of some is. Now, if you're using one of those Bibles like Gary uses... It would say as the habit, as the manner, the habit. Do you believe you can get into the habit of going to church? And you can get into the habit of not going to church. That's why we talked about it as being a discipline. It's one of the eight disciplines that we need to have. In our, listen, we should go to church whether we feel like it or not. Now, we should always be glad to go to church, but even if we don't, there's sometimes I don't want to show up at church, but Shelly says I have to because I'm the pastor. All right, isn't that a bummer? But as the manner of some is, but exhorting. Here's one of the reasons we go to church, to exhort one another, encourage one another in the Lord, to exhort one another, and so much the more, this is going to go to Sunday's message, the war is raging. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, what day are we talking about there? Know that it is near, even at the door. Lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. Our blessed hope, it's in our, it's in our text that we launched out from here this evening. So yes, we cannot listen. I don't know of any Christian that doesn't see the day of Christ approaching. Not only do you see it, you can feel it. Can't you? You can just feel it. There's something in the air. There's something going on. And you know what? Jesus is coming. Amen. That promise is given to us there. But let's throw this up. Not forsaking the assembly yourselves together, except for... That's probably in Gary's version right there. The except for is in his version there. Well, it's not in the good old King James. It doesn't leave an except for, but we have a tendency to put the except for, okay? I'm glad to go in the house of the Lord except for. I won't forsake the assembly to myself except for, okay? We always have the except for. And there's, is there some legitimate reasons not to come to church? Yeah, when I had COVID, I didn't come to church, Okay? I laid on the couch and I watched it on live stream. Okay? 
We have a live stream. This My wife cannot come to church tonight. Uh, she's had a bad day. Oh, she came to school today. That's why she said, yeah, that, you wiped her out. Yeah, ever, ever since she's got home, she's been sick. Yeah, but she, sometimes she gets exposed to things, and she can't be here tonight. She's, I'm sure she's listening online. But there, there's legitimate reasons for not going to church. That's not what we're talking about. I'm going to share what I believe are some illegitimate reasons. That pe- and by the way, excuses, excuses. I've heard them all my life. Okay? So here's the first one on the list. I'm not going to church because I fear this whole COVID thing. Can I tell you something? God is bigger than COVID. All right? Now, if you got COVID, don't come to church. But don't come to church. Or, I mean, come. How am I going to say that? Don't come to church just because you're, you know what I mean. All right, next, I have to work. Do you know the Bible clearly addresses that one? Speaks specifically to that one right there. Doesn't speak specifically to COVID-19, but does speak specifically to working on the Lord's day. Next, I'm just not feeling well. Now, now, now if you're really sick, don't come to church and infect everybody else. But Satan has a way of making us not feel, you know what? Because I got a headache tonight, even if I wasn't a preacher, I'd still come to church. You're not going to catch my headache. All right? Did I feel like coming to church tonight? No, I did not feel like coming to church tonight. I almost, almost called Ben and said, Ben, I've had this headache. I can't get rid of it. I've taken more Excedrin migraine than I should take in one day. I said, no, I'm going. All right? So not feeling well may or may not be a reason not going to church. I'm just tired. You know what? Sleep with everyone else. It's no, <laughs> no big deal. You sleep in church. If you got to sleep, the best sleep you'll get is probably in church. That's right. I'm not being fed. Preacher, I mean the preacher. Not, not that you're not getting food when you come to church, but the preacher's just not feeding me. Okay? You know how many times I've heard that? I've, I've, I've actually had people leave our church, and I've asked them, why have you left our church? And they said, because we weren't, we weren't being fed. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. What do you want me to do? Put you on the ground, open your mouth, and shove it in? I've been hurt. That goes back to the three weeks we spent on forgiving, right? I've been hurt. How many of you know no people no longer in church because they've been hurt? I had a bad experience. I was hurt. I'm not going back. What do I say about that? Get over it. I'm just too busy. I got so much going on. I got this honey-do list to do, and I'm just too busy. I just, I just can't take the time. My kids are in sports. That has become a big one today, especially if your kids go to the public school. Sports go on on Wednesday. Well, I guess they don't go on now, do they? It's my only day off. That's tough. It really is. That's tough when it's your only day off, and yet you know you should be in church. I can worship on my own. I was talking to a gentleman, it was some time ago, I won't, if I mention 
how I know him, some of you may know who he is. But a professing believer, and he said to me, he said, I can worship the Lord better in my tree stand than I can at church. Should re- that was not you, Gary. You did not die. I, I wasn't even hinting that that was you. You should not have spoken up. Church is boring. I've had, I've had people say that about independent Baptist churches, that they're boring. You know, we're not, we're, because we're not into the entertainment scene, church is boring. I don't agree with some of the ministries. So what? What does the Bible say? We have to agree on everything. There's too many worldly people. There's too many judgmental people. There's too many spiritual people. There's too many hypocrites. How many? You've heard it all. I'm burned out. I've gone to church all my life. I'm in my retirement years. I'm coasting through this thing. I'm taking off this Sunday night and the Wednesday night service. We need more family time. How many heard that one? We just need more family time. The church is legalistic. I just heard that about our church two weeks ago. It's too legalistic. People that say we're legalistic have no idea what legalism is. They have no idea. I hate legalism. I don't have anything to do with the church that's legalistic. They don't even know. They throw that term out and they don't even know what it means. I have no support at church. Just no one supports me. So I'm going to go find a church that does. Usually when people say this, they want someone to support their sinful lifestyle. So we're going to go find a church that will support our sinful lifestyle. It's too far of a drive. One man said to me one time, he said, he said, uh, I don't know if I should use him because he left our church. But... He did have this good say. He said, a church alive is worth a drive. That was when he liked me. <laughs> my wife, my husband, they don't attend. That's, that's hard. When you don't have a spouse that wants to come with you, that, that is really hard. I can watch online. I think I've told you this before, but we were down, um, some of my kids went to Landmark, and this is just when services were coming online. They were just starting. This was a few years ago, before we even could think about live streaming. And they started to live stream. I mean, the pastor got up and chewed them out about staying home and watching online and not coming to church. I didn't know anything about online at that time. There are better preachers online, absolutely. There's better preachers just down the road. Listen, you don't go to church just because there's a better preacher there. I don't believe the same things anymore. I used to believe that, but I don't believe that anymore. Sunday, we're going to talk about who do you get your wisdom from? Do you get it from the world or do you get it from the word? Next one, it just doesn't benefit my life. I I just don't get a lot of benefit from going to church. All that sacrifice, no benefit. No one, no one appreciates me there. Just, just not appreciated. The preacher preaches too long. Now that may be true. 
I'll give you that one. I came across this. I thought, I got to share this with you tonight. Ten reasons why a pastor quit attending sporting events. Number one, the coach never came to visit me. What a bad coach, huh? Number two, every time I went, they asked me for money. The people sitting in the row were not friendly. The seats were very hard. The referees made decisions that I just didn't agree with. Some games went into overtime and I was late getting home. I was never asked how the game should be played. The band played songs I've never heard. Games are being scheduled on my only days to sleep in and run errands. Since I've read a book on sports, I feel I know more than the coach anyway. To get the connection? It's a pretty good analogy, isn't it? The church. They met together for doctrine, for fellowship, for breaking of bread and prayers. And they continued steadfastly. I like that word. They were steadfast. They were committed to their church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, their teachings, fellowship, breaking of bread. That would probably a reference to the Lord's table there, I would assume, because fellowship just precedes that. And in prayers, doctrine, fellowship, the Lord's table, and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were what? Together. together. They were together. They were in church together. And had all things common. There wasn't division. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. By the way, that is not socialism. This is the voluntary meeting of other people's needs. It's not the government taking from you and redistributing wealth. I've heard that verse used to teach socialism is in the Bible. It's not. It's ridiculous. That's the twisting of Scripture. As every man had need, and they continued, what? Daily. Now, we're not asking you to meet daily. I don't even want to meet with you daily. <laughs> Remember Bud Rader was here, his, uh, his son-in-law and daughter were here Sunday night, and he was here, what, three weeks ago? And I remember when I went to Bolivia and I said, we were in Posta de Valle, that was the town he was in. And I said, man, it must be great to see your church members every single day. He said, no. <laughs> it really isn't. And I said, seriously? I said, I would love to see my people every day. He goes, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> and I said, why? He said, because then you'd find out how they really live. It always stuck with me. Continue daily, one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They meant wherever they could meet. Like Run and Jump Baptist Church. Remember when we had that, when we had that name? Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the, the Lord blessed. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing to see people getting saved on a daily basis? It would be incredible. 
So we have this question. Of course, this has all come up over COVID. Our Democratic governors have shut down anything that they said is non-essential. Um, is the church essential? What do you think? Can this nation get along without the church? No. Absolutely not. They're trying to. We're going to talk Sunday about this cancel culture. Um, how many of you get CBN News? You do? Okay, a few of you do. You all should put CBN News on your phone. Christian Broadcasting Network. Did any of you guys read the article today? Christians prepare for persecution. Powerful article. Go online tonight and watch. Christians prepare for persecution. CBN News. It's coming. It's coming. I'll talk some more about that Sunday. When they call evil good, good evil, light for darkness, darkness for light, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Take away the righteousness of the righteous from them. Well, I do believe that the church is essential, not just because I'm the preacher. And I think most, I think, do all of you here agree with me? The church is essential. We have to have the. So, I said there's a passage of scripture that spoke directly to this. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it what? Holy. Holy. A day that's set aside for the Lord. Keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. I mean, seriously, how much clearer could the Lord put this? This is, this is not up to interpretation, nor is it up to debate. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do uh, any work, not do any work, nor thy sons, nor thy daughters, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and, on the, and the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed. If you'll make it your conviction to be in church, God will bless you for it promise you. The Lord blessed the Sabbath and he hallowed it. So let's break it down. What's the first word? Remember, Remember don't forget the importance of the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Do your work for six days, get it all done. If you can't get it all done, let it go. The seventh is, who does the seventh day belong to? It's not my day. See, that's what we really got to do. It's not my day to do my own thing or seek my own pleasure or speak my own words. It's his day. Six days the Lord made heaven and earth. What did he do on the seventh? He rested. All right? This is an example to us. We come to church, take our naps. No, don't take your naps in church. We come to church, worship, Make it a day, go home and rest. Hallowed. It means to make holy or sacred, to sanctify, consecrate, to greatly, greatly revere and honor, to set apart as sacred. So what is the Lord's day? It is a what day? Holy day. It is a 
sacred day. It's a day that is consecrated unto the Lord. That's why it's called the Lord's Day. Do we all get it? Called the Lord. Makes it very, very clear in Scripture. Genesis chapter 2, the example of the Lord Jesus. Seventh day, the, uh, the Lord ended his work of creation. And God blessed, there it is, God blessed, again, God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. Isaiah chapter 58, this is a passage of scripture that we chose 20, 21 years ago, Pansy? 20, has it been 23 years? 23 years since Fellowship, that's unbelievable. As young as I am and looking good, how can that be? Joe, you're looking old. You've been around a long time. But 23 years ago, we agreed together as a church, we were going to have a life verse as a church. And this was, a lot, this was the verse that the Lord gave us all those years ago. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Places have just been left to rot. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repair of the what? Breach. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord said, I will raise up a standard against him. And we wanted to be that standard. The standard bearer. <clears throat> and thou shalt be called a repair of the breach, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. Is the Sabbath a path to dwell in that the Lord has given us? Obviously, he gave us the example. Follow me. If thou, it's conditional. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thine own what? Pleasure. How many of God's people aren't in church on Sunday because they're doing their own pleasure? They're playing golf, they're going boating, they're going skiing, they're whatever. They're doing their own pleasure. On my, he said it's my my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and thou shalt honor him. Here we go. Read it with me. Not doing thine own, read it with me, ready? Not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Wow. That's like cover all the bases. Now the next verse then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Well, I was glad to go to church. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Remember the blessing attached to the Sabbath. And feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. I love these statements in scripture. For the mouth of the Lord hath what? He spoke it. Does that say the mouth of Pastor White has spoken? No. It says the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I don't know. That just that, To me, that's like an exclamation point. It's like, listen up. <clears throat> David, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. Now remember, he was a man after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know what David said? Let's, let's put it in today's terminology. I'm never going to stop going to church. 
You know, one thing I appreciate about Dan O'Dell, somebody didn't know Dan O'Dell, but when Dan O'Dell came down with cancer and literally was on his deathbed, where was he? Where, where was he in church? And when he could no longer sit up here, he was out, stretched out in a lazy boy in the foyer. The only time Dan ever stopped coming to church was when he could not get out of his bed. I have to believe that when he got to heaven, the Lord said, well done. Sorry. Hold fast. Hold fast your profession of faith. Don't waver. Consider one another to provoke one another to good works. Don't forsake the assembly. Don't forsake it. Again, not just because I'm the pastor, but I really, I don't know how you can cut it, dice it, interpret it, apply it any other way than it says. Now, I, I, I guess what we're going to have to come to, one of the things I'm going to preach on Sunday, who's going to win the war with you? Who's going to win it? Whosoever you yield yourself, servants to obey his servants, you are to whom you obey. The war is raging. It's raging in this world and it's raging in our hearts. Who's going to win it? I can do this in the next 14 minutes. 14 ways Christians have made the church non-essential in their lives. No wonder the world doesn't see it as essential. Look at our attendance tonight. Now it's good. I mean, it's, it's good compared to other churches, but I guess we shouldn't compare ourselves to other churches, right? We should probably compare ourselves to the scriptures. But what is always the most well-attended service? What is it? Sunday morning. Sunday night half. Then usually Wednesday night half that. Yes or no? Usually. Or more. So maybe we just haven't been the salt. We haven't been the light that, that we should be to this world. Maybe that's why we're in the mess we're in. Well, one reason we've made the church non-essential is we become more affluent. And with affluence, we have a tendency to forget the Lord in our prosperity. Right? I want to tell you something. The Filipinos come to church. They walk to church. I remember when I told you when I was in Haiti, you guys have been there in Haiti, these people got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, walked to church, had their, had their market, then came to church, ate together, had their evening service, and then walked back home. And they started out at 4 o'clock in the morning. And Sunday night, when I was preaching, I had a, had a candle. That's all I had was a candle at my pulpit. And I was preaching, another missionary was interpreting. And the preacher was going around hitting people on the head with a rod. Keep them awake. So poor people. 
You know what the offering was that Sunday? It was a potato, a carrot, and a chicken. Our affluence has kept us out of church. A greater focus on our children and their activities than on church. He would love the son or daughter more than me is not worthy. I got to go to the volleyball game. Got a basketball game tonight. We got to go play softball. Isn't it interesting how we get so many guys out for softball, but they don't show up for Wednesday night service? Hope you're listening, guys. Greater focus on friends, family, family activities. You know, that's when we have our family time. That's when we have our reunions. When are some Christians going to stand up and say, no, God is God's number one. And we can have our family reunion, but I'll be there after church. Hope you're reading the verses here. The ease of travel. Well, we can travel now, can't we? We can take up. It's the weekend. Let's head up north. Men shall run to and fro over the face of all the earth in the last times, the end times. Well, we can just take off and do this and do that and do something else. The ease of travel keeps people out of church. Blended families because of divorce. Well, says, no, this is my weekend with my kids. Man, that's, that's tough. Online options, we've mentioned that, right? The live streaming. We can stay home. We don't have to get dressed. don't have to get out in the cold. We, can just, we could go to church in our pajamas. It's like they go to Walmart. But the Bible said not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You, you can't do that on live stream. Now, great for it to be there. For people that absolutely need it, I'm glad it's there. These guys do a bang-up job. We talked to our media team the other night, Ben and I. We said, for a church our size, we have more presence online than any church I know of our size, and that's because our guys do such a bang-up job. Maybe you guys need to do a, a worse job. Make it real scratchy so people can hardly hear. Man, so I better go to church. The vanishing of a conscience. There used to be a time in our culture where we all went to church. And if you, don't, if you didn't go to church, there was this social conscience that this is wrong, not going to church. Are you all seeing what I'm saying here? Failure to see the direct benefit of going to church. Well, I guess if you don't apply what's being taught, but it said, it, it, this verse was an interesting verse. It says, if they do evil in my sight, that they obey not my voice. We saw what his voice was. 
forsake not, then I will repent of the what? Good. Remember, there was a direct blessing attached to the Sabbath, wherewith I said I would benefit them. Many Christians never engage in ministry. Now, we've, we, we've been having every Monday night, every Thursday night, we've been having meetings with our ministry teams, and we are, we're going to do better in trying to get more people involved in the ministry and give them opportunity to be involved in the ministry. But listen, we are all ministers of Christ. And he's given us his church to minister in and through. Not that ministry can't take place outside the church, but also within. We'll, we'll be speaking on this. So we're we're going to take a month and we're going to talk about the body of Christ. And one of, the, one of the sessions is going to be on serving, getting involved in serving. So what are you doing in your church? How are you serving in your church? As every man hath received the gift, even so, what? How many of you have a spiritual gift? All right, everybody put your hand up because you all got a spiritual gift. Minister. If you're not ministering, you're going to give an account to the Lord for that. Christians are becoming more and more carnal. I'm sorry. Call me judgmental. I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, but you know, 100 years ago, now that I'm almost 60, 100 years ago wasn't that long ago. <laughs> right, Pastor Peterson? Wasn't that guy gonna go? If those who lived a hundred years ago could see the condition of the Christian and the Christian church today, I believe they would roll over in their grave. We become more and more carnal, even to where that is now the norm. Carnality is the norm. It should never be the norm in Christ's church. It should be abnormal for there to be carnal believers there. Many Christians have become soft and lazy. Let's admit it. We're a soft, soft and lazy culture. Whosoever will come after me, let him, let him deny himself. Ooh, we don't like that. We don't like that. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I guarantee you, if it's the Sabbath, I'll tell you where you could find Jesus. Where'd you find him? Many Christians have become too busy. We kind of touched on that with the excuses. Just too busy. If you're too busy to come to church, you're too busy. That's why Sunday was called the day of worship and rest. You know, you, you, you wonder how much more happy our culture would be, how less stressed out we would be if we just take that day. Many Christians are working on Sunday. We don't have to go there anymore, do we? They're working on Sunday. I don't have a choice. 
yes, guaranteed, 100%, you have a choice. But they're forcing me to work. They can't force you to work. That's religious discrimination. If you make an appeal and do it properly with the right attitude, they have to allow you to be in church on your day. Otherwise, it's discrimination. We ought to, once in a while, use these laws the Lord has given us. But this is what, this is what we, all, we encourage all of our children to do. Don't ever take a job where you have to work on Sunday. Don't, just don't ever take it. The Lord, can, the Lord can provide something else. And then number 14. Many Christians are just too sensitive. Our feelings get hurt so easily, which really just demonstrates a lack of spiritual maturity. They that love thy law, what? Nothing shall offend them. They don't get offended. Now, I think it's time. You know when I should have preached this? I should have preached this Sunday morning. But don't you think it's time we start living it? I was glad to go into the house of the Lord. Years ago when I pastored at Napoleon Baptist, they actually had a bell tower that they took down. Bill knows what it was like up there in the attic. Remember when you fell through the ceiling? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Did I ever tell you? How many have never heard that story? You never heard it? Oh, this is a good one. So we're having a work day. We're all working at the church. And the ceilings were this high, maybe, maybe a little bit higher. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Phil, he volunteered to go up in the attic and do What were you doing up there anyway? Working on the, on the, uh, screen. the screen. That's what it was. Okay. I'm standing. I'm st see, I'm about right here in the church. And I hear this noise and I look up. And here is Phil's legs sticking through the ceiling. One leg. The other one got caught. We never let him go into the attic again after that. Yeah. For years, there was a big patched hole up there where Phil had come through the ceiling. They that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Phil, I thank you for all the rough times I've given you over the years. He never has gotten offended. He's Throws it back. Not I've, given, I've given Doug a hard time over the years there. The mutton Jeff right there. and uh, Stuck with me all these years. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Gary coming in tonight. You know why, you know why I could tease you like that? Yeah, because I can. Because I can. There's people you can't. That's just wrong. Come on, let's have some fun with each other. Don't wear your feelings on your sleeves. Let's pray.
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.